When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers. Episode 235, Hotel Transylvania 4, Transformania. You're the marshmallow. Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. Each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to dive into today's episode. Hey there, animation addicts. My name is Chelsea Robson. And I'm Morgan Stradling. Welcome to today's fabulous episode. We are going back to Transylvania for the second time in a row. And we are catching up with our favorite monster crew. Mm -hmm. Chelsea, if you were to be any sort of monster, like the traditional monster, you know, you'd be like a Frankenstein, a mummy, a ghost. What type of monster would you be? I would definitely be a vampire just because it's like, Mm. well, I don't know. I do like being, I am more of a morning person, so I'm not sure if that would work out. But I do like (laughs) the idea of like just being very elegantly in the back. I guess, yeah, I identify pretty well with the monsters. I'm not sure what kind of monsters they are, but you know, I can handle something like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. I do like, I like what you're saying with vampires. I mean, the way that they're portrayed in Hotel Transylvania, it seems like the superior race, right? It does. They, 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 they're the ones in charge. They have the powers. You can fly. I mean, who doesn't want to fly? You can, you Um, always get your way. Right. (laughs) They're, they're, they're human. They're human enough that you could pass in, you know, polite society. Right. So if you wanted to, you know, be that human lifestyle, you know. Right. Are, are we going for like the not sexy vampires or the sexy vampires? Always well, sexy I mean, we were vampire. talking about the, the the Hotel Transylvania universe, but hey, who's to say that you can't also be sparkly as well and be able to go uh, <laughs> in the sun? Exactly. Uh, combine the best of both worlds. That is true. <laughs> you can wear your black lipstick and you sparkle. Oh, plus glitter. I love it. <laughs> All right, so with that, let's check in for the fourth time to Hotel Transylvania. That's what you needed. People you love to be there to support and believe in. 
See the best part is when you realize you're not scared to find To find, find the good inside Don't let your fears guide your feelings all right. I am so excited to talk about this film. When we are recording this, is it is the actual release day of Hotel Transylvania. Transformania, or better known, I like to just call it Hotel Transylvania 4. It's a little easier, rolls off the tongue better, but we'll be referring to it as both. So let's set the stage before we check in to this monstrous habitat. So the studio, Sony Pictures Animation, directors Jennifer Kluska, Kleska, and Derek Dryman. The release date, January 14th, 2022. The budget, unsure, it hasn't been released yet. And the box office, oops, scratch that. There is no box office that we will ever have for this film. So before we even get started, we need to talk about the rocky history of this film and how we ended up getting here. So right now you can watch the film on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have an Amazon Prime membership, boom, it's included in your membership. Great. So, but that wasn't always the case. So this film was initially announced uh, back in February 2019 that it was going to be released December 22nd, 2021. You know, so 2019, February 2019, that was a year before the pandemic. You know, everything was normal. We had every studio that had about 10, 15 movies already scheduled into the future, you know, everyone had staked their claim on these different release dates, you know, and so this one was their their next one. So after Hotel Transylvania 3 came out in 2018, about six months later, they announced that they were going to do a fourth one. Then in April 2020, just a month after you know what, they announced that they were moving it up to August 6, 2021. Now, I didn't do a ton of research on the reasoning why, but I think at this point, tons of different films, they'd are, you know, they pulled them, release dates were shuffling all over the place. And so everyone being very self-interested decided to stake their claim for different release dates. And they must have been ahead of production where that was something they were able to do. Then a year, basically a year later in April, 2021, they, they said they were going to move it up again to July 23rd, 2021. So I was really excited for this. We were actually gearing up to watch the film. Um, it was, we were working with our press contacts to get the film, uh, to, to get our, to get it, to watch it. Um, this was in June and we were just gearing up for it. They were sent, they were sending us all the information. We were, we were actually in contact with Brian Hull. We were going to do an interview with him and he was so excited. We were so excited. And then in June, they rescheduled well, it. was also it. They, like, oh, it'll be great for our, you know, going into Halloween too. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. We were excited. And it was, it, it was just exciting because at this point, movies were kind of coming back into the theaters. So then in June, about a month before that happened, they announced that they had pushed it back to October. And, you know, they, they said because of the pandemic, that's the excuse for everything now. Like if, if you don't even have a reason, just say the pandemic and people will be like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't even matter what it is. It's like, sorry, I was five minutes late. It's the pandemic. Sorry. Um, and, and I was okay with this because I'm like, well, you know, the Hotel Transylvania franchise to me feels more Halloween-y, obviously, because of all the different characters that are involved. So maybe it will do better in October and then things, the summer wave will have died down. And, uh, you know, I really want this film to do well. <sighs> then in August, they announced that they completely had scrapped the theatrical release of the film, and now they were just figuring out which streaming service they were going to put it on. And then uh, about you know a little few weeks later, it was announced that Amazon Studios was in negotiations to buy the rights to the film for one hundred million dollars. So whew, they aren't gonna. That was they were gonna 
release it worldwide except for China. Sony is going to continue to release it theatrically in China. And this is just such a bummer to me always. Like anytime that this happened for like Trolls World Tour or any of these other films that kind of came out in these past few years and then it, ultimately it's like oh, okay, well we're going to we're going to release it on streaming. It's just such a punch to the gut. I can't imagine having worked on a film like this worked so hard been involved in any step of production and then to realize like oh it's just going to streaming i don't know what it is about streaming but it feels like the lesser version it doesn't it feels like off broadway compared to broadway i would say it feels like home video (laughs) it does yeah if we're gonna if we're gonna put that in it it does feel like home video it's like uh, okay like you'll hear about it but it also i mean because it, it doesn't necessarily have the stigma just yet of home video it still feels that way though Right. It's interesting because, you know, I just love to see a film in theaters. I love to see it get that public recognition. People go out and there's just so much word of mouth when you go and see a movie. You know, we recently talked about, I don't know if we did or not, but, you know, the new Spider-Man film has done so well. And it's the first film to do over a billion dollars since all of this happened, which is huge. And so it shows that there is a willingness for people to, despite everything that's going on, that to just go back to, you know, this is something we're going to have to live with and we're going to live our lives and we can still go to the movies. We still do all these things. And so to see Spider-Man do over a billion dollars is just incredible to me. And it gives me hope for all these other films. But then at the same time to see studios pull films and not really give it that chance is just like, I understand you got to do what you got to do, but it stinks. And, And really, you know, kind of going along with this is, the Pixar film Turning Red, which was supposed to come out in March, they just announced a few weeks ago that, hey, it's going to be exclusive on streaming only. This is kind of a tangent mini couch discussion, mini nerdy couch discussion, um, which, which we could have for another day is how Pixar films through the pandemic have been royally screwed by Disney. Um, and Canto was released in theaters and, you know, did really well. And, and it's the past three Pixar films have just totally been destroyed (laughs) for lack of better term they've just been totally hosed because they had to go to streaming and um you know for this one this is the final film in the hotel transylvania series i don't know if there were necessarily a ton of people that were ridiculously pumped up for this like we talked about the hotel transylvania series is kind of is sony's equivalent to pixar's toy story franchise or illuminations despicable me or dreamworks is shrek Right. It's everyone has their like flagship franchise that has done really well and they continue to make movies on that. Um, And so for that to kind of be like one of the brighter shining lights in your catalog for it to just go to streaming is just really disappointing. Yeah, it's I I have no idea what like what the last Sony film. What was the last Sony film? Mm, Let me pull it up. I would say Mitchell's versus Mitchell's versus the machines which was Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's hard because you have so many of these films that they just, they have, because the last series of films that they've put out have all been based towards streaming, it's hard to go back to the theatrical side. And especially if they're, if they like, I know that this works, it's hard to to risk it. Gotta risk it to get the biscuit. I know, but I know it. I just see, you know, okay, they sold it for, you know, people are saying around a hundred million dollars 
And you, I just think of, well, how much could this have done? You know, we talked about how each Hotel Transylvania film had done progressively more with the last one doing just over $500 million, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is a lot of potential lost revenue that they could have had. But who's to say it would have been anything like that? You know, you can't just say, oh, OK, it's, it's automatically going to do more because we've obviously seen lots of franchises where later films do worse and especially not even in a pandemic. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to say, but I, I can reasonably say, I mean, I'm not an expert, but I feel like this one would have at least done more than a hundred million dollars. I would hope so, but one would, hope, I mean, right. One would hope. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. So we've harped on this enough. I think it's time that we actually just sit and talk about the film. So this is, I, I, I wasn't sure. I'm like, are they going to do more even before I watched it? I'm like, is, is there going to be a fifth? Is there, what, what's the story here? And definitively even in some of the press materials that i've gotten i got a press package uh, it says the final film now there's obviously an asterisk because you never know when they're going to want to go back to that watering hole but as far as we know this is the final film in this franchise it's really supposed to close it up and i think the way that it ends it, it does wrap it up nicely where it feels complete whereas the second the third one which we watched in our previous episode episode 234 did not feel like it's all being wrapped up with a big bow. Right. Right. So. Well, I think that they're, I feel like they opened it completely up to doing um, TV or mm-hmm. like episodic features because they changed the animation style to something that would be more akin to TV. In the credits, right? Yeah. 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 Which is, which is common in the credits. They'll kind of like, they'll do a more stylized sort of animation but i i could see this doing very very well as a tv series for netflix or for amazon studios wherever because this to be honest this one and the last film kind of felt like just an extended tv show yeah the plot i don't know why these ones in particular feel like a tv show but it just kind of did it's weird um this one wasn't necessarily in a bad way but I think I liked this one a lot more than I liked the third one. I agree. I liked this one not a lot more, but I did like it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like by degrees it was a better film. It had more of a driving force behind it. Yes. <laughs> um, definitely had like a goal. Okay, we have to do this. The stakes are high. Johnny could be lost forever. So I felt like because of that, you had a lot more of like investment into the into the completion of the story when I didn't really feel that with number three. Agreed. Yeah. You know, this one, it was pretty tight as far as the plot and everything that was happening. So what happens in this film is it's the 125th anniversary of the hotel. It's like, hmm, really, that's it. I imagine I kind of feel like this has been around longer than that. But 125th anniversary and it turns out that Drac is going to bequeath the hotel to his daughter, Mavis. Mavis's husband, Johnny, overhears and assumes and kind of believes that, that he's going to give it to both Mavis and Johnny. And then he approaches Dracula about that, which causes some, you know, obviously that misunderstanding. Drac doesn't take control of the situation and just kind of becomes kind of a very cowardly in a way and he backs away and then he ends up not giving it to her at all so this big announcement that he was going to have he he can't bring it up to himself to 
tell Johnny, hey, it's not for you. It's for Mavis. And then this spins off, you know, more lies that end up happening. Yada, yada, yada. Both of them get turned into monsters and bef- they have to turn themselves back before anyone notices. So or, or not, they don't get turned into monsters. Excuse me. Johnny gets turned into a monster and Dracula gets turned into a human. And then they have to work together to you know, go on an adventure to get a crystal that will turn them back. Right. So one thing immediately with this premise, I was just like, why is Johnny being such a freaking weirdo? That is not how inheritance laws work. <laughs> and, and this isn't like an inheritance. He's not dying. But since when would anyone, uh, maybe someone who's really greedy and spoiled, but like assume that something that the parents have of, you know, of their spouse belongs to them. Right. Like I understand I mean, ours is do. yours. <laughs> I know. I understand that ours is yours, but if, typically what happens is if you die, I'm, I'm doing this in the, in the die setting, you know, okay. as far as a will you, it, the inheritance is, is split up amongst the children. Right. And then obviously the children, you know, what's ours is that what's yours is mine. And they, it's, it's ours at that point, mm-hmm. but it's not normal for most people to say, Hey, you get 25% and your husband gets 25%. Like, even though in the end of the day, it like kind of is, it's just not how it works. And so I just was like really annoyed with Johnny for being so dense to think like, I get it. Like what? Yeah. Like, of course you're going to get it because you're with Mavis. Mavis did say that she was like, no, why wouldn't it be for both of us? Well, because I don't feel like I'm part of the family. What are you talking about? That's on her too. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it's on her. Um, And maybe Erica did mention that it was for both of them. I don't know. I don't remember. Um, Even though I did watch this, I ended up watching this twice because I watched it. (laughs) And then Marissa was like, oh, I want to watch it. And so she started watching it. And so I... (laughs) Had it in the backgrounds for the second time. So I should know all the details of this. But, yes, indeed. <laughs> well, the main issue was that the lie that that Drax has is that uh, there is a monster law that I, if I am a monster, I cannot, ch- I cannot trade this to somebody who is not a monster of, and comes up with all this legalese in the moment. And that is what Johnny was like, oh, okay, so in order... I guess I just have to become a monster, which is weird that he just decides that. But he ends up going and meeting with Van Helsing, who just happens to live in the building. Like, why would you keep Van Helsing in the building? I don't get it. Uh, right. But whatever. Right. <laughs> Convenience for we've, the plot. We've forgiven all. So, you know. Um, yeah. Like, he goes downstairs and he sees Van Helsing's lab and he's like, oh, great. Um, I wonder what kind of rent he's paying or is that uh, is that rent at all? I don't even know. But so he's down there and he's like, oh, I happen to have this monster crystal device thing that will turn you into a monster. And we need a guinea pig. So he actually grabs his guinea pig and turns it into a monster. (laughs) The guinea pig itself blows up to monstrous sizes and will continue to grow larger and larger until it destroys everything as we come to find out. Yeah, the the whole Van Helsing part was just weird because... You have Jim Gaffigan, who's the voice of <laughs> of this. And I didn't, like, put that together last time. And then I was like, oh, gosh, it's Jim Gaffigan. Um, yes. <laughs> and so you have him, and he only has, like, a... Like, he really is just a means to the plot getting started. Yes, for sure. For sure. Like, so... But he's the bad scientist, so it, it makes sense and it works and you don't really question it. Right, exactly. And he has a very short part in this whole thing, which is basically just... 
throw like him into this situation. Um, it's very convenient that this can go back and forth and that he's already like contrived this little machine to go back and forth. And also that he saved a Google Maps pin inside the, the thing. <laughs> yeah. Even though it took him three years to find this whole thing. And it's like, oh, gosh, <laughs> just three years. That's it. Well, I mean, yeah, he was in a, a wheelchair. It's, it's hard for him to really move around. That's true. He did lose his back wheel in, in <laughs> the whole funny. thing. <laughs> yes. What was your thoughts on Mavis and her kind of character development through this? Or not necessarily development, but because I don't think she changed. Um, mm -hmm. But Mavis's part in this story. Yeah. So this franchise, I've always seen it through the lens of this is Drac's story as it relates to his relationship with his daughter always so we, we talked about this the first one is her you know getting a boyfriend and husband or falling in love you know and how he has to deal with that the second one is having a kid the third one uh, him getting a girlfriend and how she feels about that and then this one was kind of back to the first film there wasn't really a new relationship it was more um still having issues with the in-law, I guess, and, and really accepting Mavis and her husband as part of her, him and the family. Right. Which I'm like, who are you that you don't accept, accept someone as part of your family once they marry in? Like that is, <laughs> it, I, I get it. He's not a monster, but maybe people feel that way and that's sad. So yes, I'm sure this is very relatable, but I just don't think that way. <laughs> right. But, um, so going back to that, I really love Mavis. I think she is one of the the gems of the series. I love Selena Gomez doing her voice. I love just her design and her character, how fun she is. Um, she's not perfect. There's a lot of misunderstandings that happen, obviously, and she's still young uh, comparatively. But this one, she was she again, sort of like Van Helsing was sort of like a means to an end. It, they didn't. I don't think they really wanted to focus again on the Drac Mavis story. But again, she's always a means for a plot or for the reason why, because this is, this is the Dracula Mavis relationship saga. Like it's, it's right. the family story about them, but they made a clear distinction that they wanted to focus this movie on Johnny and Dracula, something maybe they hadn't done so much. And so she actually, surprisingly, you would think, Oh, okay. Off they, off they go on their adventure. They're not going to have anything to do with Mavis, but Mavis still had a lot to do. Yeah. But I don't feel like her character really grew very much. Um, through all of this, she she was just kind of there and helped to, you know, reunite at the end. But I feel the same way about Johnny. If this was really about Johnny and Drax's relationship, I at the end, I just feel like the payoff wasn't there. This big adventure that they went on, I didn't feel, I didn't believe that Drac was really that much more, lack of a better term, into Johnny. Like, oh, I love you. You're, you're my son. It was just they yeah it kind I, of felt i felt like, like they were where they were at the beginning they kind of were at the end but it was like oh you are like us but it didn't feel earned yeah i i mean it also the fact that the only reason he's say it feels like the only reason you're saying this is because um you feel like that this will be the only way to calm him down right like that's just kind of how it came across for me. But mm -hmm. um, what was funny is just side note: uh, when we were getting the press screening links for this film, our press contact 
I was like, oh, hey, I finally got the, the link. And she's like, oh, that's wonderful. You are the marshmallow. And I'm like, what are you referring <laughs> to? I don't get it. <laughs> is this something like a, is this a, a an internet thing that I missed, which is, you know, completely possible because I miss all of them, it feels like. But, and then after watching <laughs> this, I was like, oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> You are the marshmallow. That should just be our title. <laughs> you know, one thing that I really liked about this film, and we briefly talked about it before, was that sometimes what can happen with franchises is they just keep ballooning and the cast of characters just become too overwhelming that there's so many people we want to focus on. We've introduced this person and that person and all these different people every single time that we just don't have enough screen time to focus on each one. Hotel Transylvania has really done it very, very well, where they don't have too big of a cast of characters. Yeah. Really, each movie, they've only introduced basically one person every time. In the second movie, yeah. we get um, Dennis. In we the third movie, the we get Dad. Yes, yes. In the third movie, we get Erica and Van Helsing. And then in this movie, we don't get anyone. And I think that was so, so, so smart because we don't need another person in the mix. And yeah. I, what I loved about it is because of this, we got to get to know the characters that we've grown to love even more. Like the, I call them Drac Pack, mm -hmm. which is, you know, Wayne and Frankenstein and, you know, all those monster characters that are kind of like Dracula's buddies. They had their own thing that they were able to do. They got turned into humans and it was really funny and I yeah. loved it. And I think it was one of the highlights of the film was just seeing them. And we just got to focus on them instead of like, oh, here's like a new group of humans who gets turned into monsters too, right? Like maybe right. maybe Johnny's family would happen to be there for the 125th anniversary and oops, they get turned into humans. It just would have been a lot. And so I yeah. think they expertly just kept it what we know which kind of made it feel like a tv show right i mean in tv shows yeah. there are new characters that are introduced you know the, the baddie of the week the bad guy that you're gonna right. you know come across and then destroy but i loved it for that reason and i thought it made the movie really really good because i didn't have to get up to speed or learn to love or hate someone i just it just was and i could just go and enjoy what i was watching yeah, and I actually think that Johnny is one. It reminded you in this film that he is one of the more interesting like characters because he is a backpacker. He's gone all these really cool places and you know you can build off of that a lot more because mm -hmm. that's even in the human world, those people are interesting. They have random stories that it's like, "Really? You did that? What?" <laughs> so, mm -hmm. I feel like that was good that they went back in and like brought that up again like oh yeah he does have more value than just you know the token human in this whole thing one of my favorite parts is when they're in the in the bus and they're singing that song in spanish which i was like oh that's amazing they were singing wake yes. me up before you go go but in spanish which is it's always funny when you hear these songs translated into another language just because it's so not what you're used to mm -hmm. it is also humorous because most of these songs are played in English in all these other countries. So it's not like they really know what they're <laughs> saying. So it's not, and, and it's not like they make these stories or make these songs specifically for those other languages as well, because they just get so big in English that they don't really need to. So anyway, that's for me saying, I think it's funny to hearing him also singing all this in Spanish, yeah. which I was like, good on you, Andy Samberg for learning the whole thing in Spanish. <laughs> 
I I did like the the switcheroo that they did. I liked seeing Dracula as a human. They uh-huh. had some really funny gags and moments, you know, like the first time that he's in the sun. Right. And you think, oh, no, you can be in the sun. It's fine. But then his eyes. <laughs> and so he, he still struggles with that. And then even Johnny being a monster. Now, Johnny being a monster wasn't as big of a payoff, I guess. It was kind of weird because as I was watching it, you know, they're in the airport and he's just doing his thing. And no one's saying anything. I'm like, oh, yeah. maybe no one cares. And then, you know, then they flash to back at the hotel with the news and people are freaking out. But then they go back to the bus where he's on the bus and all the humans all around him just like, no big deal. Just riding a bus with a, a monster. Right. It's because it was like not convenient for the plot to have people screaming the whole time. They just right. like, oh, no, they're cool with it. Um, so I didn't love that because it it wasn't it was like conveniently when they needed people to be afraid with right of him he was and they yeah, were yeah it wasn't very consistent and i don't feel like he really did anything cool as a monster he was just like a big dragon thing he kind of reminded me he kind of looked like discord from my little pony friendship is magic okay yeah in a way he's kind of this like dragon character and he just was big and could run around and do stuff but i didn't find that really interesting especially considering the monsters that we know in this world are I don't know. I have no better way to explain it other than they're like Halloween monsters. They're not just like a dragon, you know? Yeah. They have just different quirks to them. You're like werewolf or Frankenstein or this, but it's fine. I didn't love him as a monster, but again, he was sort of a means to an end with the plot. So, and then, you know, we had the ticking time bomb element with, Hey, if you don't turn your guys back soon enough, then you're going to be stuck this way forever. Oh no. Well, and not just stuck this way, but also, worse to a a mindless monster without any Mm -hmm. connection to family so Mm -hmm. okay yeah we need to get on that (laughs) yeah well and then also he is turning into this mindless monster but i I mean the one thing that i have always felt like was that mavis you're gonna live for literally forever comparatively to this hercules problem yes so (laughs) And it's the same thing now with Drax and Erica. So it's like, okay, yes. there's got to be some way to like solve this issue. The fact that I, you will grow old and he will remain young. She needs to bite him and turn him into a vampire. Right. Hello, this is the then introduce the next phase of the Hotel Transylvania franchise where he has this struggle of. Oh, no, he actually doesn't have the struggle. Turn me into a vampire. No, I can't. I can't put you, it succumb you to a life like this. No, you need your humanity. No, I love you. I want to be with you forever. Just bite me. So they can basically rip off the plot of Twilight. They're already married, like yada, 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 that. So. Right, right. <laughs> oh, It'd so be great. Funny. That would actually be, I mean, a total ripoff. But that would be a really interesting like he she realizes that he is mortal and he's going to die and she's the one trying this would be like the anti-twilight it kind of just like rolls a reverse she's trying to convince him like i need you i can't live without you you need to be a vampire with me and he's the one who's struggling like Whoa. i came into this world but yeah. do i really want to be a part of this world Ooh, ooh, do it for five let's do, do it, it. <laughs> well and then but you also have to deal with the whole like oh do i need to change in order to be part of a relationship like this should i yes. like, should every should. part of me actually change i mean to an extent i feel like we all change in relationships and so to hold on to one's past self in any form is also to live in the past so <laughs> 
So we should all just be willing to change every part of ourselves. But equally. <laughs> Does that make sense? In a way, yes. <laughs> you were waxing philosophical and, and then you coughed. And then it coughed and yeah. now I'm, I'm done. Uh, no, yeah, I, I really like that for Hotel T5. <laughs> because because even though this chapter is closed, although it's not, like it would have been better if he died, I feel, instead of just handing off the keys. Because like, what is he going to do now? He's going to live a long time. So is he just, uh, yeah, that's for another day. But, you know, it seems like if they were to continue this, they would now it's it's not Drax's story. It's going to be Mavis's story. And all the films from here on out for the yeah. next three or however many would focus on her. Which do you think that they were trying to get there the whole time? To this part where he gives her the, the well, keys no, to the to kingdom? to make Mavis the head. You mean from the very first movie when they thought of this concept? Not for, well, I don't, not, not necessarily from the very first movie, but like from movie two on. I feel like that I don't, is a little bit of a, well, we need to, because like you don't have um, Adam Sandler in this anymore. And so we need to somehow not make him the main oh, deal. Oh, okay. We want a future for this series, but we know the future is not him. So how do we get rid of him? Right. I don't know. That actually goes into a really good point. Like, let's talk about Brian Hull. So Brian okay. Hull is the voice of Dracula now, which is pretty cool. He did a good job. Um, he did a really, really good job. I listened to him and tried to really decipher, okay, can I tell that this isn't Adam Sandler? And I can't. And I think the main reason that I can't is because it's not like he's doing a straight Adam Sandler impression. Right. He's doing Adam Sandler doing a Transylvania, you know, Dracula right. impression that is so already over the top and characterized yeah. where he's he's not trying to be Adam Sandler. He's trying to be this character. And so I think it really worked because this is such an over the top character as is. It was a little easier to, um, you know, like replicate. Starting in 2021, there was a short called Monster Pets, where it was just a Hotel Transylvania short and Adam Sandler didn't return. And so they found, you know, they did a casting call and they got Brian Hull. So I really liked him. You know, Brian, if you don't know, he came onto the scene, became famous during the Let It Go era when he's saying let it go as various Disney Pixar characters, it got <laughs> millions of views and as a result really jump-started his career. So he's done quite a bit um, since then. He was in Tangled Ever, not Tangled Ever After, in Tangled, Tangled the series, also known as Rapunzel's Tangled Adventure or Rapunzel's Tangled Mouthful. And he was the young uh, Sideburns, which is one of the Stabbington brothers, which is pretty cool. But he's, you know, done a few other things, you know, direct-to-DVD stuff. But this is really his big breakthrough moment which is huge because i'm sure there were tons of people who were fighting for this role yeah. um kind of unfortunate for him that they're not planning on doing more films at least at this point in time but like we said a tv series i could totally see them do yeah no you can i i feel like that is what they were moving into mm -hmm. it it would totally work although if now that's what they're moving into dracula isn't the star you know then yeah but he's still there too late <laughs> yeah i mean he just comes in for random one-off episodes which is fine um, i mean it never seemed like he left it, I, I, he handed the key and then the movie ended it wasn't he's probably just like van helsing he's probably gonna have a room there and still be yeah. very very much involved right like, and bye just... father shutting the door on you and locking you out right <laughs> 
Well, I mean, he's, you know, starting his the new chapter in his life with Erica, which once again, they're both going to die. So maybe that's why. <laughs> maybe he's thinking, you know, we only have a short, shortened amount of time with you, with my deceased wife. I had many, many more years. And so there's a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like if they brought him back in, in the, in this, you know, cartoon that we're envisioning, it would be as a, oh, no, we are off to do this. Oh, great. Yay. But then it's yeah. like, oh, are you, is he going to have more kids with Erica? I don't even know. I don't even know. Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, Erica's back and so is her chin. And <laughs> I loved it. It really <laughs> is back. She has a really great design and she, she pairs well with Dracula. Um, she accepts him for who he is. He accepts her for who she is. You know, but then Dracula still like he has this human girlfriend, but then has a still clearly has a problem with her, his daughter's human, you know, counterpart. Yeah. So, you know, that's something he needs to work through, but that's cool. I don't think it's because Jonathan is human. I think it's just because Jonathan is so different, like personality wise, just very mm-hmm. over the top. And, oh, we're going to change this and changing this and this and this and this and this. And I think that's really the main reason why he was like, no, you can't change that much. I did not like his plans for the hotel. Like oh, this is a classic. This is like what they're trying to do to Notre Dame where they're turning it into this total modern crap. Mm. Like no one wants to see. I have never been to France. I would like to go to France. I would like to see Notre Dame, but I don't want to see this Notre Dame crap that has like if, just look it up what they're trying to do to it. They're just Aww. like they're going to get rid of some of like the famous pieces of art and like murals and like make it very modernist. And I'm like no, this is supposed to represent a period of time uh, and just great, you know, as, as far as some of the world's greatest art and architecture of all time. What are you doing? And I feel the same way with Hotel T. What are you doing? Yeah. She, Mavis needed to say, no, people come to us for this. Like as soon as they like showed what the new design was, it was like all those colors and stuff. I was like, ah, my eyes, uh-huh. my goggles do nothing. <laughs> Not a fan. I, yeah, I agree. In the end, when he, when Dracula was like, you know what, build it how you want, you do you, I'm done. So it's like, okay, I've, I've given it over. But, and then it's like, oh, look, everything on the outside is exactly the same. You did it exactly. No, we've changed quite a bit inside. Um, so they go inside and it's all very different, but I still, yeah, I still liked it better the other way just because I'm like, you know, I'm a little bit of a purist. I get it. Yeah. Just kind of, I, I like it. I like history. I like tradition. These are the things I like. Yes. <laughs> Throw back to one of our first episodes. I like trees. <laughs> <laughs> I like trees. <laughs> I don't need you to tell me that I like trees. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. I was surprised when we came back and the hotel was destroyed. It was sort of like in you know lord of the rings where they come back and and the hobbit you think like okay yes we destroyed sauron things are all well let's end the movie oh wait just kidding we have still a whole hour of other stuff that we have to handle and the shire is on fire so yeah drac went into beast mode and you know one thing talking with mavis that i forgot to mention is anytime mavis turns into a bat i just realize ah they don't exploit her monsterness enough the fact that she can turn into a bat and she is really a vampire. I'm like, yeah. I, every time she does it, I'm like, oh, I love that. That is so cool. And we just, they try to make her just kind of normal and kind of human. Yeah. Which, does that mean that she has now changed herself in order to adapt to Johnny? 
Possibly. I mean, these are these it are happens. the things. Everybody needs to it change happens. everything. That's what that's what mm-hmm. happens. As far as the five, our monster five friends, I really <laughs> liked all of their designs. I liked, I definitely liked Frank, how they turned him into the Vavavoom guy. Yes. He's off in the corner. Hey, like fellas. On the, hey, fellas. What's up? He says, hey, fellas. And then they're like, oh, <laughs> he got the worst of it. <laughs> right. And the whole time, just the running gag that he is so into himself. He's so hot. He's loving it. Oh, man. And I was not happy that the wife cut his hair. I'm like, ah, oh, no, the hair was what, what did it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, oh, say, okay, so you got Frank. And then you have Wayne. I really liked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wayne is great. He's like, I really liked being Walter because now he, <laughs> he doesn't have to, like, be the dad. Yeah, oh, yeah, for funny. sure. And then you had the Blobby, which instead of turning into a person, just turned into a thing of Jello, which makes sense. All yes, things considered. Mm-hmm. The Invisible oh. Man. Yes, the Invisible Man, which is really funny because I can definitely see how David Spade's voice would translate to that man. But it's also really funny to think of, like, actually, David Spade looks like this, though. Like, Oh, yes. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Like, no, I can definitely see David Spade's voice. Like, if you just gave me his voice and, and like, made a cartoon of what you thought his voice sounded like or looked like. That is him. It would be that. It would be that. (laughs) Did you stay till the very, very, very end credits? Oh, yes, I did. Did you see? The butt shot. Yes. Yes, it said the end, and they they show literally a butt for just like a second. Uh Uh-huh. Like, oh, man, thought we'd escaped this. But yes, there was quite a bit of nudity because of the Invisible Man. They're like, you were naked this whole time? He's like, well, I wasn't wearing clothes, was I? (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Oh, that's why else would you only see my glasses? Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why would only my glasses be visible? <laughs> He's just walking around like that. Oh, gosh. And then you had, um, I'm not sure if I liked how he, the mummy turned into like some old, a really old dude, <laughs> really yeah. old uh, Egyptian dude. I guess it makes sense because everything is droopy on him when you look at his character design as a mummy. But, yeah, I guess I'll go with it. Yeah, so my head is spinning for different ideas for a TV show. I feel like we could have an episode about Mavis's friends because we know all about Drax's friends, but I know nothing about Mavis's friends and girlfriends and girls that she hangs out with or guys. Um, But it would give, it would make sense that she has a pack of girlfriends. I think it'd be cool if they came and visited the hotel for an episode. Yeah. Um, an old boyfriend maybe stayed at the hotel. Uh, what else? Yeah. 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 <laughs> there's, there's lots of ideas and I'm, I'm just really liking this concept. Yeah. And I think that they can do a lot of really fun things with it. So I approve if, if Sony wants to do a TV show with Gendy Tartakovsky, I am all for it. All right. Well, so Chelsea, what would you rate it? I think I'm going to give this a 3.5 stars. I gave number three a three star and this one 3.5. I thought as far as the plot goes, uh, as mentioned before, I I really liked how it, it went somewhere. It had a driving force. It had a timeline. It had all these necessary things to keep you engaged. You know, the, the developing of the relationship between Johnny and Drax was actually good for the development of the characters. Obviously, that's what you want. But 
I think that Johnny coming back to Johnny and showing how he's, he is really a cool character as a character himself. I liked that things that I, I thought that could have been improved on. Uh, it did feel very, as you mentioned, unearned. Like there are several things there that weren't, that didn't grab my like heart at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't think that that was quite as funny as maybe some of the other installments. It was funny, but it wasn't as funny. So that's why I give it 3.5 stars. You know, that's the one thing that I was kind of thinking about. If you're replacing a natural comedian like Adam Sandler, and not just a natural comedian, like one of the best, one of the most commercially successful. Yeah. um, I'm not sure if he pulled kind of a Robin Williams where, you know, in the recording booth, Sandler just came up with all of these different lines, you know, or, or jokes or different things that they ended up using. I don't know. I, I could imagine that happening. And Brian, I don't know too much about Brian. I, I don't think he considers himself a comedian. Um, he's more of like a, an actor and a voice impersonator. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe, and this is total speculation, if maybe it wasn't as funny because they just didn't have that natural material from Sandler. But who knows? Maybe that wasn't even a thing anyway. So I don't even know. But it's just something that I was thinking about. But I'm going to give this movie three stars. I don't know. I was going between three, three and a half. And it just kind of felt right at three. I can't even remember what I gave the third one. Um, I, I probably gave it three and a half stars. I like this one better than the third one. But I'm feeling confident at three. Ultimately, it was just harmless family fun. Uh-huh. It was a good movie. You know, the plot. I, I really thought the pace of the film was great. We don't get bogged down at any moment. It just really goes where it needs to go. The characters are great. I like that we aren't, we, we just have time to enjoy the characters that we've grown to love over these past four movies. And just in a new way where majority of them are being turned into the opposite monster or human, which is pretty cool. So I liked it. Um, it was fun. It made me excited for the potential of you know, which I've never heard of, but you know, I keep putting this out there for a TV series. <laughs> so there you go. Now, um, one thing I just remember I different quotes that I loved. I loved the gag of the guy who accidentally gets zapped by the Ray. Oh yeah. Like, I can't, be- I can't believe it. My nightmare. It's finally over. I'm human again. And then he gets bit by a zombie and turns back into a human. <laughs> I really thought they were going to do the whole, I'm free. I'm free. Oh, Dang, Dang it. it. <laughs> they yes. kind of do that gag two or three times. I thought that was a missed opportunity for them to do that multiple times. Um, you know, sometimes it's the, the old Simpsons gag, right? Yeah. Where the first time you do it, it's funny. The second time you do it, it's funny. The third times it's funnier. And the fourth time it's like not as funny. And then the more times you do it, it just keeps getting funnier. But sometimes when you do something three times, it just kind of makes it really pack a punch yeah they did not but it still was a funny moment which i liked yeah yeah there were a lot of there was a lot of things that they could have added a little more situational humor in background characters which i thought would have been mm-hmm. added to it um but I, I mean they did a good job i liked it great job great I, job good job guys good job For a fourth film very good yes it, it is much better than than the other fourth some other fourth films for sure yes so if you want the show notes for this episode, be sure to go to rotoscopers.com slash 235. If you want to watch this movie, go to rotoscopers.com slash hotel T4. That will take you straight to the page on Amazon where you can check it out free if you are a prime member. And it, there's just a little fee that you can rent it if you are not. So 
Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And of course, our 10-year anniversary episode is coming up. So be sure to send us your voicemails, rotoscopers.com slash voicemails or emails. You can send us an email, contact at rotoscopers.com, and we'll read it for our big episode. And one of our next episodes, we're going to be doing a nerdy couch discussion all about animated threequels. We're really excited for that one. You know, if you hit three, four or beyond, you know, then you're included in the list. We're going to discuss what makes a great animated franchise that makes it into three cool territory. It's going to be really, really fun. So be sure to subscribe so you can join us for that. That's all that we have for today. Until next time. We we are the Rotoscopers. We did it. Sweet. Now we need to go get some lunch. I'm I've been eating my my Brussels sprouts and they're delicious. Uh, Brussels sprouts are amazing. I top ten for sure. Why did I like, never eat these as a child? I mean, you always I never did either. Yeah, and they, like my mom always, was there's never, always my mom this, doesn't like, like them. That's why. Maybe uh, my mom just never was. I I don't know if she likes them or not, but she never made them. And <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I started making them when I was in Nashville and I'm like, why haven't I done this before? Um, I... do you know what's really good though? So I added a, mm. it's chili and lime, uh, spices. Ooh. So it's like a Mexican uh-huh. blend. So, yes. um, I add coconut oil and, uh, chili and lime seasoning and then bake it on at 420 on both sides, uh, for about 20 minutes each side. And, uh, it's so good. Ooh, I am going to have to check that out sounds delish i had a roommate who would cook like frozen brussels sprouts and she would just eat them um and i thought it was so weird because i had never had brussels sprouts before so it kind of was like what are you eating like i obviously didn't say that but in my mind i was like but in my mind i was total judging (laughs) (laughs) it just looked weird right because like the frozen brussels sprouts are not great because they are very mushy um so it just like like looked like a bowl of mush, and I'm like, no, you know what it was? She would eat frozen okra, not Brussels sprouts. Oh, interesting. And okra definitely has its own like thing. But anyways, let's pretend it was Brussels sprouts. Okay, never had it. And uh, anyways, we started having it, and I could eat it all the time. They it, it is a top five vegetable. Yeah. <laughs> On our next nerdy couch discussion, <laughs> ranking veggies. <laughs> No, that'll be part of our 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 ten year anniversary. Here, here, okay. guys. This is what you've been waiting for all these years. No, that's a patron bonus. That's a patron exclusive episode. Yes, no one asked for, but we will be doing. <laughs> Nobody wants it, but do you know what? You're gonna get it. But here we are. Oh, it's so complete funny. with recipes and all of our favorite things. Mm, yes. Okay, I'm like kind of down. <laughs> It's a little out of our wheelhouse, I, we can, but we can tie it into animation, of course. Just yeah. VeggieTales. Done. It's very. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Good times. You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five-star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks.
for listening. 